Success on Demand is like this dope sisterhood of strong, ambitious women who love business but crave success. We come together and talk self-improvement, goals, and even life stories. And more than anything, we're a part of a community for us and by us. Let's have Boss Talk. Hi, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to Success On Demand today. We have been having some amazing guests on the show, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear the story of the guests that we have on the show today. Her name is Elizabeth People, and she'll be telling us a little bit about her business, some things that she's overcome, maybe some of her best business tips, and then we'll end with just how you guys can connect with her and learn about her further. So I do want to go ahead and give Elizabeth a moment to introduce herself, and then we'll jump right into the questions. Hello, everyone. My name is Elizabeth, and I am the CEO of You Are Life, and my company focuses on working with nonprofits to help build their infrastructure. And how we do that is we provide them with organizational development and strategy plans that will help them plan out the course of the first two years of their organization from inception all the way to year number two. So I just wanted to come on and give you guys um, some tips and some ideas if you're a nonprofit organization on how to really get your nonprofit uh, jump started and going. Ooh, I like that. And do you just work with nonprofits or do you work with all kinds of businesses? Uh, currently, I only work with nonprofits. Uh, I do plan to eventually branch out into working with small businesses as well. Um, but my main focus right now is on nonprofits. Okay, I definitely understand. And before, I do want to say this, before, if someone would have told me that, I would have been like, oh man, I can't wait for them to expand and diversify and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like with you being a specialist with nonprofits, especially since that's all you're working with right now, I would feel super comfortable coming to you for that. Because I feel like you're able to solely focus on that. And you probably know some things that you wouldn't have been able to, you know, learn had you been dealing with all kinds of businesses, all kinds of corporations and nonprofits and everything like that. So I think that's really, really, really cool. I'm a big believer in, you know, when you find something that you do well, do it well before you start branching out and trying to do other things. So, you know, just sticking to nonprofits right now, exactly what you said, helps me develop and grow um, so I can help them develop and grow. And once I kind of got that situated and, you know, we're, we're working and we have a, you know, a really good market for that, then I feel like it'll be time to branch out and grow. You know, my business then will grow and then we'll be able to help other people too along the way. Yes, ma'am. And tell us how you got so familiar with the, the nonprofit sector. Like, how did you, what is your background with nonprofit? Um, okay, so I grew up in New York City. And uh, <laughs> I am a New York City girl. But I was involved, I participated and was engaged in nonprofits even as a youth. Um, whether it was, it was with my step team, which was a nonprofit organization, to the New York Urban League, their youth chapter, to working with um, an actual nonprofit based in Manhattan uh, that had a uh, contract with New York City Public Schools. So I became a peer facilitator with them and I was able to go mm-hmm. out to all the New York City Public Schools. I mean, literally borough by borough by borough and, uh, you know, during school hours and do actual workshops. Uh, with the youth that were literally my age, you know, and teaching them about the wow. bullying. And we talked about um, 
sexual intercourse. We talked about stress. I mean, the range of topics really, really varied and it really, really opened up uh, a lot of doors for me and, and it really like kind of ignited a fire in me <laughs> about what I want to mm-hmm. do. So, you know, when it comes to nonprofits, I have a, a, a saying that I say, I always tell people I'm nonprofit at heart and I'm business at mind. So, and that's yes. because I... <laughs> you know, came up with nonprofits, not to mention my mom sat on, you know, the board of the New York Urban League uh, way back in the day, (laughs) you know, when we lived in New York and, um, you know, and in church, people don't realize churches are nonprofits, Uh, you know, just growing up in church and just learning how to really work with people, the vast diversity of uh, personalities that you meet and ideas that you come across and just really learning how to be a help to someone else. And so that really kind of started the inspiration for me doing my business. I love that. And I have this this question for you, because even as somebody who has a business and has considered, you know, creating or forming a nonprofit, Mm -hmm. I think that people don't really know the the distinction between the two. You know, what is the. We know what the the goal of a business is. Most of the time, it's to gain more revenue, profits, whatever. Mm-hmm. But what is the goal of a nonprofit, and how does it, um, you know, differentiate from a business? So, my opinion of the difference between a nonprofit and a business: um, a nonprofit, most most founders of nonprofit don't do it for the money. They do it for yes. love of the children. They do it for the love of the community. They do it because they see a need and they're compelled to step into it and do it. Most businesses, while yes, businesses are started because they do see a particular need, but that money behind it really is what separates the two. Uh, most nonprofits don't have a lot of money. Let's just be clear. <laughs> Funding is one of the yeah. biggest, biggest, biggest um, obstacles for nonprofits, whereas for uh, businesses, it's not as uh, it's not as as much of an obstacle because normally they have a product to sell or a service to sell, and you know a necessity that people need. Where nonprofits are trying to fill in the gaps, you know they're trying to mm-hmm. you know, create mentor programs for young kids. They're trying to you know help the kids stay off the street, or they're trying to help the elderly, you know, get housing, or the veterans, you know, uh, come back into society you know just different er- different vast areas of things so in my opinion like a nonprofit is really based on someone's sole passion that has nothing to do with money wow thank you so 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 much because i think that if someone had read the textbook definition and still didn't understand and then listened to your explanation it will really bring the two together (laughs) it will really help them to bring it together um even just not so technical but more on a a moral basis so i love that you broke it down that way and for you specifically, we know you have You Are Life LLC, but do you have a, a nonprofit of your own as well? Or do you just cater um, to those nonprofit owners? So I do not currently have my very own nonprofit. I do a lot of volunteering. Um, I do advising, advising to different boards. Um, even like my mom has Ooh. an organization, Teton Fellowship. Uh, in the last couple of years, I've kind of been an advisor to her board, just kind of helping them along the way 
with some uh, strategies that they can do for the organization to kind of keep it going, keep it fresh, keep people involved. Um, I do, my company does not actually have a nonprofit underneath it, but I am, I do have a give back portion of my uh, business and it's called the You Are Life Give Back. And what I do under Ooh. that is that's where I, you know, make my donations. You know, that's where I take my company and I, as my company, I give back to the community. So Ooh, actually, I love that. Thank you. I'm actually planning my first uh, You Are Life Give Back event for this summer. And I'm super excited about it um, because, again, like I say, I'm nonprofit at heart, business in mind. But, you know, I always, always want to always find a way to give back to the community in any way that I can. And even with my business, um, even though it is an LLC, I really do look at it as a way to give back to the community because these nonprofits really are working in the community. You have some really, really mm-hmm. passionate, really hardworking people that are really trying to make a difference on the ground level. You know, I mean, we have a lot of big uh, nonprofits, but I, I, I love to work with the local nonprofits. I love to work with nonprofits that are just getting started. I love to see someone be able to take their passion and really put it in motion and accomplish the goals that they have set out for for their organization. So that was really like one of the that was another <laughs> reason why I went ahead and started my business. Just so yeah. that, you know, three to five years from now, I can see these local nonprofits on a whole nother level and you can see the change in the community. Yes. And I have two things. Will your give back event be in Orlando? Yes, the, uh, it will be in Orlando. Um, it will be. I'm looking for it to be uh, during the summertime uh, since school will be out and, you know, the kids can have more involvement in it at that point in time. Um, but it will be for the youth. It will be for ages 15 to uh, 19 uh, and it will be for young girls. Ooh, we may have to sponsor that. I definitely want to come. Yeah, so we'll talk more about that. Thank you. Uh, The second thing, we're going to have to get some of those nonprofit companies you were talking about on the show. Because I think they're very slept on. People don't really know know about them, especially since, just like you said, getting that funding is one of the biggest things. So they're not always the the company that's right at the front spot of everybody's eyes. They're not always that company that has thousands of dollars in ads about their events and from like, seriously. So I think- And if you actually talk to a lot of founders of nonprofits, one of the hardest things for them to do is ask for money. So it's really kind of, it's kind of double-sided because it's like, although they know they need the money, a lot of them come out of their own pocket. And they fund the organization for that first year or two until they can really get their name out there. And then people start, you know, actually recognizing what they're doing in the organization. I mean, within the community. So, you know, again, that's something a lot of people don't think about. You know, a lot of these organizations that you see, you see them put on these wonderful things. But no one really stops to think how much of that money came out of their very own pocket, you know. So um, definitely work with the, the organizations to get them with a funding strategy you know, how to, how to get out there and talk to donors, how to get people to donate money, whether it's via social media, their website, in person, you know, just different strategies that are conducive to their organization. You know, I always want to make sure that any strategies that I'm giving this organization is something that they can work with. You know, we don't want to over exceed too much because then that's like setting people up for failure, you know, and that's not what we're here to do. Yeah. And there's a huge misconception that nonprofits can are, you know, 
getting all of these grants and this money that just flows in, you know what right. I'm saying? And with what you said with them, you know, not asking for that funding sometimes or not being able to get it and coming out of their pocket, what's the the reasoning behind that? Where's the disconnect between having a nonprofit and being able to be sponsored by grants and having a nonprofit and maybe not having access to those grants? Um, well, when it comes to grants, uh, there's a there's a criteria that goes with a lot of the grants. And sometimes newer nonprofits just don't have enough of the criteria that's required. So they automatically are not qualified for the grant because they don't have, say, two years of um you know, of, of a portfolio that shows, you know, what they've done in the community and their success rate and all of that kind of information. So, you know, it really, it, you know, a new nonprofit has to look, has to kind of be creative with how they look at grants and how they're getting money. Um, because like some of these big grants that we see, like we know Disney gives money, we know Coca-Cola gives money, we know certain, you know, certain organ, uh, certain companies give money. You just go on their website and it's right there. But sometimes the criteria list is so long and so complicated and so complex that a new organization is just like, they kind of throw their hands up and they kind of quit, not quit. <laughs> How do we do this, you know? And, and it can be discouraging sometimes, you know, especially if you don't have any guidance and, and you know, and you're trying to do it on your own. You know, it can be quite discouraging when you open that criteria and some of that information, you may or may not even know what they're talking about because you've never heard of it before because you just started, you know. So it's, it's you yeah. know, just trying to help them understand some of the language, helping them understand, you know, some of the strategies on, on how to get it, how to be a little bit more creative. I mean, because when you think about it, you know, oh. when, when someone posted there's a grant available, just, you know, especially like, let's say, for instance, a federal grant, I mean, a government grant, like you're competing with so many other people that, mm. you know, it's hard to say that you're going to get it when you're competing with, you know, thousands yeah. of other organizations who may be more well-equipped than you. Um, you know, they have more information, their criteria is really set up because maybe they have a grant writer working with them, you know, maybe, and you don't. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of, it, it, it takes a lot. It's it's more than what people think. A lot of people think you get your paperwork, five hundred one c three approved, and money comes flying through your doors. That is right. that is so <laughs> far from the truth. So far from the truth, you know. And so, like with my business, one of the things that I, I like to do is equip people. You know, equip the organizations with what they need to go in and try to get some of these things, you know, and just kind of have a plan, not just get your paperwork and say, okay, I'm 501c3 approved, approved. But once you have that approval, then what? You know, what is your yeah. Or do you have volunteers? Do you know how to get volunteers? Do you know how to keep volunteers? That's a very hard thing to do sometimes, you know. Um, you know, where are you going to put on these shows and these conferences that you want to do? It costs a lot of money to do some of this stuff. How are you going to get it? How are you going to talk to yeah. them? What are you going to say to them? You know, so all of all of that goes into like, for instance, my organizational uh, development plan that I do for the for the organizations. Like we sit down and we really discuss, you know, what is the best way for your organization to be able to reach its goals? You know, so. You know, that's why, that you know, I really felt that that was like really important for organizations uh, because I just see, I see a lot of them and some of them really do well, 
you know, and some of them, they're like, man, if I had known then what I know now, I could have myself two extra right. years, you know, <laughs> on getting started. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just trying to, to kind of build that bridge so that when they get started, they can continue and they don't have to uh, constantly take steps back because, you know, they, and I don't want to say that they made a mistake, but they have to take a step back because they have to learn how to do something because they didn't know about it ahead of time, you know? Right. And I'm so happy that you explained it like that, because in the beginning, when you were breaking down, you know, why they need maybe that um, person to help them with the grants and why they need that do- right. that documentation that you helped them to get in that organizational planning. I was going to ask you, you know, it's that where you come in and you really broke it down. Excuse me for those nonprofit owners or founders to understand that sometimes you'll want to focus on the passion which is just why the organization is alive in the first place but you may need to reach out to someone else who can help you to get that funding or to find those locations or to figure out the volunteer situation so I'm really really happy that you broke that down because now I and whoever listens to this has a better understanding of what you have to offer so I mean I I really try to make sure that everything I'm doing is helpful to the organization. So I sit with them. I want to hear your story. You know, everything is confidential. Obviously, I'm not looking at, you know, I always tell people I'm not, I don't have a nonprofit for a reason. I, I, I'm not, that's not where I'm at. You know, I think you yeah. should do what you, what you want to do. So, but I'm here to help you. So every conversation is confidential. Your idea is your idea. You will never see me you know, talking about it outside of our conversations, you know, and I, I really find that, um, you know, privacy within this uh, sector is really a good thing to have because, you know, there's a lot of nonprofits out there and there's a lot of nonprofits. If you say, you know, well, why would I want to do a mentoring group when there's another mentoring group right down the block? Well, you may have something that they don't have, you know, so I always tell people, don't not do what you want to do because you see 50 other people doing it there's there's something that you have that they don't have you know and that something is you right (laughs) everyone is unique everyone has a special way of doing things even if you don't think you do I promise you do (laughs) you know I promise you that you do and so you know you really just have to bring that to the forefront and, and jump out there and do it. So, I mean, I, I love what I do. I think it's great. Um, you know, the organizations that I work with and I help, it, it just gives me such joy when I see them really excited about watching their plans come to, you know, action. It's like, it's really great. Yeah, and I'm happy that you're doing that. I'm really happy that you're doing that because I, I don't think I've met a person who deals only, actually, one other um woman but she does other stuff too but i really love that you're specializing in helping nonprofits because i think that's a huge deal and i think they need a lot more recognition and to be as big as some of these traditional businesses that we have out here so (laughs) yes for that (laughs) the the one thing i wanted to ask you before we got too far away from it is i like how you mentioned that earlier in your career you were going from borough to borough you know helping teaching people who are around your age and then we have you where you are now sometimes people are confused about that middle ground how did you get yourself from going from borough to borough in New York to where you are now? I would have to say college. <laughs> college college bridged the gap for me uh, because I, 
I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I've always wanted to work in the community. I mean, I started out at 14 years old saying I was going to be a lawyer and not because lawyers make a lot of money, but because as a lawyer, I could help my community. You know, when you're growing up, especially in New York City, you see a lot of things that you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's probably not right. Um, yeah. So I started out with wanting to go to law. So I have my undergrad in legal studies and I've worked in, in the field of law for probably about 15 years now. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's about, it about 15 years. And then um, I went and got my master's in public administration and I got my graduate certificate in nonprofit management. So when I got all those things and kind of when you think about all of those things and you tie them all together, they all really work well together. And this was the area that I found they would work best in. You know, my legal studies degree allows me to be able to do the research and also come up with kind of that legal side to safeguard your organization as well as your um, client, your, your target market, you know, because as a nonprofit, you always want to make sure you're safe. Yeah. Sometimes you deal with very sensitive information. Um, and, and so you want to make sure, you, you know, you have some type of safeguard in place. And then with my master's and my nonprofit, that really taught me a, a lot about making plans and doing strategies and being creative and how you do that. Uh, so that's really kind of sealed the deal for me. So it's like walking across that stage and I was like, I got it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I'm not gonna let this piece of paper go to waste, you know? And I really don't even talk about my degrees as much because I really find you know, the papers are great, but the value is in what I learned. So if I'm not retaining knowledge and sharing yes. that knowledge, what good is that piece of paper? You know, it just says that I sat in class for a mm. lot of hours, and, <laughs> you know, and I have a lot of discipline to write a yes. lot of papers. Uh, that's what that paperwork tells you. If I'm not applying that information, then what good was it? So I definitely was looking for how I could apply that information. And I just wanted to take something that I'm really passionate about along with something that um, I know a lot about and put it together. And so that kind of birth, you are life, you know? Um, and I didn't say this before, but life in, in my title is actually an acronym and it stands for Leading an Impactful Future in Excellence. And that was like my oh. biggest thing. I was just like, you know, how do I do that? You know, and, and so it just really all came together. So school really bridged that gap for me. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, school, but it did. It kind of made everything like super clear. And I was like, okay, I'm ready because I have all the tools. Not only do I have personal experience, but I do have the academia experience as well. You know, so I, it was like perfect spot on and perfect timing. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I love that. And I really can connect with you with what you said about it not so much being about how you mm -hmm. acquired the degree, but just the the information that came with it, just right. being present for that experience. Because I felt like that in college too, excuse me, because I my second year in college, I was like, okay, <laughs> I know I wanna be an entrepreneur. Like <laughs> I'm, I could just <laughs> leave now, but I stayed because my parents were so, they were so proud and they were so adamant about me being there. So what ended up happening is that I found that I learned so much more um, from the experiences and from, you know, having to do group projects and learning how to work with different personalities and having that one professor that 
outside of just teaching you, you know, <laughs> geometry or whatever, yes. she was real, you know, and she taught you life, um, right. you know, life lessons and stuff like that too. And it was just, just all of the people, all of the friendships, all of the experiences. I feel like that really made my degree yes. as rich as yes. it is right now. <laughs> because had I just, you know, not done it and, and tried to make it, I would still probably right. be at the same spot, but I wouldn't have some of those um, rich lessons and, you know, that ideolo the ideology that I have now from having been in school. And I love the fact that you knew you wanted to leave, but decided to stay because, and, and then not only that you decided to stay, but you decided to pull out the value that would help you on what you really wanted to do. So sometimes we see things and we say, oh, you know, I have a degree in, let's just say psychology, uh, but I'm working in say, uh, I don't, uh, say a law firm, okay? Okay. And it's like, how do I bridge the two? Like I wanna get back to psychology, but I work in the law firm. Well, you can use different tools that you're learning while you're there, such as, you know, brushing up on your typing skills, brushing up on your research skills, brushing up, you know, so sometimes you just need to kind of pull the positive out of a situation that you're in and then apply it to what it is you really want to do. Yes. I love that. That might have to be the um, quote for Yay. the episode. <laughs> that definitely might have to be it. Yes, because I think that that not even just right. with college, but that would help people who want to be an entrepreneur, but maybe exactly. they still work a full time job and they're like, oh, but this is killing me. But sometimes you have right. to be able to pull those things out of those experiences so that, you know, exactly. it's not a complete waste of time. You know, you could take something, something out of it. So I love Yes, I love that advice totally and wholeheartedly. So, um, moving on because we're we're almost <laughs> to the end, and I feel like I feel like we haven't even got to talk about everything that I wanted to talk about. But it's been so rich. That's so something. thank you for that. Tell us about what you have coming up this year. Like, what are some things you're looking forward to? Um, yes, actually, I also offer educational classes for nonprofits. Uh, so if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit mm. or you have a nonprofit, um, these classes are information uh, on different topics that are key to nonprofit organizations. And, um, you know, I like to do them okay. in, a, in a small setting because I like to be able to work one on one with each attendee. Uh, and I think that you get a lot out of it. Like, I don't want people to come to the class and it be inundated with people and when they walk away they feel like they didn't learn anything you know yeah approachable i want to make sure that i'm available for questions and answers i want to make sure that you know if we're doing a goal setting board that i can take a look at your goals and give you some tips on maybe how you can you know maneuver that strategy to work the best for you you know, I, I really like that that personal feel and that one on one feel. So, you know, and I always want people to walk away. You know, when, when whenever you're done talking with me, I always want you to feel like you gained some knowledge or that it was worth your time. You know, so my educational classes, yes. um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the year for those. I did my first one already and I have my next one coming up on April 22nd. Um, and that will be on tax information oh. for nonprofits since we're kind of in the tax season. So, you know, just making sure okay. you have the proper paperwork, making sure that you are keeping track of donations and 
properly, <laughs> you know, making sure that, um, you know, just just making sure that your month, that your finances for the organization are in place, you know, because we, we don't want anyone to fall into any uh, unwarranted situations because they're not handling money properly. Yes, I totally agree with that. And how can people connect with you further? You can give us your social media handles, but you know, what's the best way for people to connect with you? Um, so my social media handles currently I'm on Facebook um, and I'm, I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash you are life and the number one. So that's spelled out Y-O-U-A-R-E-L-I-F-E and the number one. Uh, my website, you are life one.com. Uh, you can reach me by email, yourlife1 at gmail.com, uh, or by phone, 407-734-3374. I am very accessible, <laughs> you know? Yes, ma'am. If you have any questions, you know, you can find me. If you, you know, go to my website, you'll see you can contact me from there. Um, I do consultations uh, for people. My consultations, there's no obligation. You don't necessarily have to take the service, but I would love to sit down and speak with you to see where your ideas are and where you're going and, and if we're a good match. You know, I never, I always say, I never want to force someone to do a nonprofit because it's a lot of work and you got to be ready to put the work in. You got to have that commitment level there. So I'm not here to force anyone to do a nonprofit, but if you want to talk about it, see if it's right for you, see if you're ready for it, I'm all here for it. Yes, perfect way to end the podcast, Elizabeth. Oh my gosh. It was absolutely wonderful. And I thank you so, so much for coming on this show. I had no idea what to expect, but I knew when we were at the Stepping Into Sisterhood event and I asked you to do that, um, you know, short interview, just talking about yourself and about the event. I absolutely loved your energy. Thank you. Loved thank you. Yes, that's great I can talk <laughs> oh you don't have to worry we'll have more opportunities for you to talk you oh, don't have yes. to worry about it yes. at all I would love to come on so, and talk again and give updates and you know as the business expands I would love to come on and tell people about the expansions because again like I just I'm, I'm here I really just want to help everybody meet their goals and you know, get their organizations up and going. So I, like I said, I, yes. <laughs> oh yes. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. I'll be in your inbox. We'll definitely <laughs> talk about this more. I'm so I'm happy with the income or well, the outcome yeah. of this podcast. And for everyone listening, you guys already know how to connect with her. She's given you all of the forms of communication. If there's anything that you just want to ask her, just reach out. You guys know that I'm an advocate for if someone's email is there, if someone's, you know, website is there, their phone number, and you need some kind of service from them, right. it doesn't hurt to just reach out and see what it is that they're doing. Or, you know, maybe you can volunteer at the event, the give back event that we just talked about. So yeah, that would be great. There's a, <laughs> There's a million different things that you can do to just connect with someone, especially with all of the, the knowledge and wisdom and everything that she's just talked about on the show today. So definitely, you guys, go and reach out to her, connect with her, follow her. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. You guys know to visit the website, successondemand.co, and hit up our Instagram at underscore official SOD. 
We have a lot of stuff coming to you guys for the rest of this year, and I'm excited for it. Once again, I'm your host, D Lake, and until next time, I will catch you guys soon. Hello, my name is Elizabeth. I am the CEO of You Are Life, and you heard my story first on Success On Demand.